Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with A Word in Edgewise. Today is the 29th of May, the 149th day of 2023, giving us 216 days to do with as we will on our way to 2024. Today is Memorial Day, originally known as Decoration Day, so named after the end of the Civil War, when many American communities were painfully aware of an unprecedented recent number of war dead and the subsequent care and attention given to the remains and the graves of those fallen soldiers. Nationally, the first official Decoration Day was held at Arlington National Cemetery, May 30, 1868 when Ohio Representative James A. Garfield, a former Union general and a future U.S. president, addressed a crowd of 5,000, reassuring them that, quote, assemblies like this are gathering at this hour in every state in the Union, close quote, and also that, quote, thousands of soldiers are day-to-day turning aside in the march of life to visit the silent encampments of dead comrades who once fought by their side, close quote. America's poet Walt Whitman, who cared for Civil War wounded in New York, in Virginia, and in Washington, D.C., wrote extensively of his experiences and those of the many wounded he attended, and of those who succumbed to their wounds, Dirge for Two Veterans being one such poem. The last sunbeam lightly falls from the finished Sabbath on the pavement here and there beyond it is looking down a new-made double grave. Lo, the moon ascending up from the east, the silvery round moon, beautiful over the housetops, ghastly phantom moon, immense and silent moon, beautiful Heavenward, this evening in the southeastern sky, our waxing gibbous moon will lie along the western side of the star pattern known as the Spring Triangle, an asterism composed of the bright stars Arcturus in the constellation Bootus the Herdsman, Spica in the constellation of Virgo the Maiden, and Regulus in the constellation Leo the Lion. And this morning, low on the eastern horizon, shortly before sunrise, will be the planet Mercury, with the planet Jupiter shining brightly somewhat above diagonally and slightly to the south. And on the good news front, two great pieces appeared in the June edition of Working Waterfront, one on how's the weather and the other on air quality. The first, in a sense, is for anyone who believes that vacation land means we don't really have to go anywhere for vacation because we're already there. Since May 13, 1965, Arlene Cole of Newcastle, Maine, has been serving as an official weather observer for the National Weather Service. For each and every day, says Clark Canfield of Working Waterfront. Think about it. Being content with a weather station in your backyard and keeping track of meteorological conditions every day for 58 years. That's Maine work ethic for you. Need to go anywhere, like the million-some travelers on the Maine Turnpike this past weekend? The other story about air quality reports that Bangor remains one of only seven cities in the nation that ranks on the cleanest cities list for all three measures of pollution and is celebrating its sixth consecutive year as one of the cleanest cities for ozone pollution. Well there, some good news for a change.
Meanwhile, Maine's whitewater canoe and kayak racing season concludes this weekend with the final event of the Macro Down River Point Series, the Millinocket Extreme Canoe Race. And on other fronts, some of you may have noticed a word in Edgewise has steadily been reducing its coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic, more or less in sync with the change in such major facets as the U.S. National Public Health Emergency, which took effect three years ago and expired almost three weeks ago on May 11th. At the moment, the CDC lists 247 deaths in the U.S. from COVID this past week, the lowest COVID fatality rate nationally in a long, long while. Good luck to everyone coping with future variants. Today in 1453, Constantinople, the capital of the Eastern Roman Empire, fell to the Turks under Mehmed II, ending the Byzantine Empire. Today in 1630, John Winthrop, founder of Massachusetts Bay Colony, began his History of New England to augment Woburn Militia Commander Edward Johnson's wonder-working providence of Zion's savior in New England. Today in 1660, on his 30th birthday, Charles II returned to London to, came, to claim the English throne after the Puritan, Puritan Commonwealth came to an end. Today in 1851, in Akron, Ohio, Sojourner Truth addressed the first black women's rights convention. Today in 1861, Dorothea Dix helped set up hospitals for the Union Army. Today, in 1886, American pharmacist John Pemberton began to advertise his patent medicine, Coca-Cola, in Atlanta, Georgia. Today, in 1919, Charles Streit filed a patent for the automatic pop-up toaster. Today, in 1953, New Zealander Edmund Hillary and Nepali Tenzing, Norway, were the first of a British expedition to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Today in 1903 in Eltham, a suburb of London, England, Avis Hope, the daughter of a Welsh sea captain and William Henry Hope, had the fifth of their seven children, naming him Leslie Towns Hope. Early on, after listening to his name reversed during roll call, his classmates would nickname him Hopeless. So, in turn, the young lad renamed himself Bub Hope. Bob's father, William, was a hard-drinking stonemason who, suffering the effects of reduced demand for stone-cutting in England, emigrated to the U.S. in 1906 without his family. Working diligently, he brought the family over two years later when Bob was five. The Hopes settled in Cleveland, where Avis took in boarders to help make ends meet as William's drinking limited the family's income. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Bob caddied at a local golf course, worked in a butcher shop, sold shoes, hustled pool, and peddled papers. The last one provided an interesting experience with John D. Rockefeller, who was attempting to buy one of Bob's two-cent papers with a dime. And Bob had no change, so he simply told the oil baron to take the paper and settle up the next day. But Rockefeller insisted on Bob taking the dime and making change, which Bob accomplished by fetching change from a nearby store. Rockefeller took the change and rendered an admonishment, always deal in cash. Subsequently, after trying journalism, boxing, and a stint as a dance instructor, Bob went into show business, always wisely investing a portion of his wages so that he became one of Hollywood's wealthiest stars. Woody Allen says of Bob Hope, He's such a greatly accepted comedian, a great, great talent, a guy who has been able to combine a thin story with great jokes. 
Today is also the birthday in 1630 of England's King Charles II and 1736 of American Revolutionary and Founding Father Patrick Henry, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. In 1781 of English chemist and inventor of the friction match, John Walker. In 1874 of English writer G.K. Chesterton. In 1882 of American photographer Doris Ullman. In 1914 of Tibetan climber who summited Everest, Tenzing Norgay. In 1917 of U.S. President John F. Kennedy in 1934 of English writer and actress Nanette Newman. In 1935 of American singer Sylvia Robertson. In 1939 of American auto racer Al Unser. In 1958 of American actress Annette Bening. And in 1961 of American singer-songwriter Melissa Etheridge. For Orno, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the 11th official week of spring, to the 22nd week of the new year, and to a good Memorial Day.